Journal Entry, December 28, 2020. The second wave of gym shutdowns hit us out of nowhere. I am currently quarantined in my apartment slash bunker with a single resistance band, one ankle weight, and two jugs of sunny delight that I fill with sand for makeshift dumbbells. My home workouts consist of random circuits, endless rep bodyweight workouts, and a Denise Austin VHS that I found while rummaging through my closet looking for something to do pull-ups on. My meager protein shake rations were depleted one week into my home workout regimen. A week later and I have been reduced to making post-workout meals out of expired applesauce pouches, cereal with water on it, and stale Dunkaroos. If you're finding this journal, please go back and listen to episode 92 of Straight Shot Radio. There you'll learn how to acquire the right equipment, make a plan for your workouts, and stock up on the right foods so you don't end up like me when the gyms get shut down again. Stay strong, and may the protein shakes be ever in your flavor. Hi, and welcome to Straight Shot Radio. My name is Johnny Slick, and I'm the founder and head coach at Straight Shot Training. Okay, obviously that was a bit dramatic. What I'm trying to get at with this entire episode is there is this uncertainty that we have about the future of gyms for this cold-slash-flu-slash-corona season that we have coming up over the winter, and just doing my own research with gyms over in Europe they're shutting down again, or they're limiting capacity, or people are just avoiding the gym in an effort to try to limit their exposure to coronavirus, or maybe flus and colds coming up this season as people get more conscious about their exposure to germs and viruses in general. And a lot of people are seeing gyms as maybe not the safest places, and I'm not even going to have that argument of whether or not it is, because different people see things different ways. What I'm trying to get at is, if gyms do get shut down, if there is this food shortage that we had back in the early spring, if that happens, or if you just want to stay home and limit your exposure by getting to the gym less or not at all, or trying to shop less at the grocery store, how can you still maintain a good fitness and nutrition program by training at home and limiting how often you're going to the grocery store? That's everything that today is all about. But before we get into the tactical part of today's episode, I want to quickly read you a testimonial from one of our Straight Shot athletes, Megan. Megan writes, Before training with Straight Shot, I struggled with understanding how to meet my goals. There is so much good and bad information out there that it's really difficult to parse through. I felt overwhelmed and stuck with guided classes instead. Because of these feelings, I had trouble sticking to a balanced program that made sense for me, That meant I would go back and forth between overdoing it and then getting exhausted and taking time off. It is hard to reach your goals with that sort of yo-yo training. There are two big ways that working with Straight Shot helped me. One, I feel like I have a path forward that makes sense. This is big for me and really reflects how my coach listened to my goals. I've used other personal trainers in the past that are not as committed to listening and working with my individual needs. And two, I know it can be silly, but I find it easy to become intimidated in the weight room. The wealth of resources within the Straight Shot program, like the videos and other athletes, and my coach's patience with me asking the same questions over and over, have really helped me to feel comfortable in the gym. 
I feel focused and excited to keep up with my fitness goals for the long term. If you are listening, thanks so much, Megan. I really appreciate those kind words. The progress that you've made is awesome, but really it's all due to the work that you put in to each workout. The more you put into each workout, the more results you get back for it. So I'm glad that we could have been a small part of your success with that. If you are looking for a workout program and you're looking for accountability from an experienced coach who's dedicated to your success, please visit straightshottraining.com, click on request a coach, and we'll get you started right away. All right, so now let's get into your doomsday prepper pack list. So let's start with equipment. This is actually where we started back in the beginning of the shutdown when I did that whole series on working out at home. If you would like to go back, that episode was episode 71, working out at home part one, equipment. But long before that, back at episode 47, that episode was episode 47, building your own home gym. John Taylor was with me on that one. And we went over the optimal home gym all the way down to what do you really need to get by. And I did that again in episode 71 with more of a twist because there was such a low stock of equipment at that time in the beginning of shutdown because everyone was buying up all the home gym equipment. So I kind of went through what you could still get, what you could be looking out for if they made more of it, and how to make some equipment at home. But today, I really want to get into the optimal versus the necessities of home training and give you my three picks for three pieces of equipment that if you can get your hands on these, you can make it through another gym shutdown with a limited amount of equipment to at least maintain your current fitness level. So if you'd like to go back and check out those episodes for more on this subject, it was episode 47 and episode 71. So optimal is, you know, fully outfitted home gym. It looks just like what you're doing at the gym. But obviously, we don't, most of us don't have the budget for that or the space for it, or there might not even be that much equipment that's currently out there right now that you can get because of all of the shortages. What seemed to have happened was in the spring when everyone ran out of equipment, I think they took the summer to ramp up production because there's a lot of stuff that's coming back in stock now. Now, though, we're getting into the holiday season where people buy the majority of gym equipment that's purchased the entire year is purchased in between November and January. So stuff is going to be running out again. And not just because people are expecting a second shutdown, because it might happen, but people like working out at home. This is something that people have realized over the course of the shutdown is that working out at home is convenient and they really enjoy it and they can actually maybe get more working out in because they're not driving to the gym and it's more convenient for them with their work schedule. So stuff's already getting bought up quickly. Black Friday deals are already happening. So if you want gym equipment, now is the time to get it. Go ahead and order it now. If you want it for Christmas and you're asking for gym equipment for Christmas, make sure that whoever is buying it for you knows they probably need to go ahead and order it now. These By Black Friday, half of the, half the equipment out there right now is going to be gone by Black Friday because the numbers are popping up all over the country. They're getting higher. The gyms over in the UK are already shut down or severely limited, and in certain areas in the US now, they're starting to limit capacity in gyms. People are going to start buying this stuff quickly. So 
If you want equipment, go ahead and buy it now. The three pieces that I think that you need if you are going to transition to working out at home would be a set of dumbbells, a set of quality resistance bands, and a pull-up bar. And I think you can do everything with those three things. When it comes to dumbbells, I would say pick something that's gonna be pretty heavy for you to press overhead, and that's gonna kinda dictate what weight you're gonna be using on everything else. That's probably the most versatile thing. If you get something that's too heavy for anything upper body, you're only gonna be able to use it for lower body. If you get something that you can do you know, a bunch of reps with for rows or bench presses or something, it's, it's gonna be too light for you to use for your lower body. If you pick something that's gonna be kinda heavy on your upper body, but something that's gonna be maybe medium, medium light on your lower body, you're gonna be able to, to, to get a program together that's going to have you challenging yourself enough by either doing more reps or different range of motion or less reps or less range of motion, you're gonna be able to make it work if you can find something that's kind of in between. So for me, I got by with a set of 45 pound dumbbells. So over the summer, whenever it got really hot, I couldn't even come out into my shed because it was just, it was so hot, I couldn't use my barbell or my plates. I worked out with 45 pound dumbbells and I also had resistance bands so I could add the bands to the bells to make it harder, depending on what exercise I was doing. And I, I got by for about a month only training with those two dumbbells. Um, I also, oh, a weight vest, I also have one of those. You can add some extra weight with that. Uh, there's, there's other ways you can add weight besides just you know buy more dumbbells. So a set of dumbbells is gonna get you pretty far. A good set of bands, and what I mean by a good set of bands is the ones that are being sold on Amazon over the course of the shutdown they started using a different material to make these bands. I noticed when my clients started buying them that when I would go to stretch them, they had a totally different feel. Like they didn't stretch very far before they got tight and they almost felt like a like they didn't like they stretched faster than they should have and then stopped sooner than they should have. Whereas a good quality band has a nice resistance the entire way through. And I know this is a kind of a maybe like moot point when it comes to what you need for your home gym, but if you're gonna buy a set of bands, you want something that's gonna hold up. And what I also saw with those cheaper home bands was they stretched quickly and then they got tight, which means they snapped faster. So, and this is not an endorsement, but the bands that I use are perform better. Those are just the ones that I've had. And I've had them for, I had one of them that, that broke over the shutdown and I had had it for eight years and I had another one that I've had for six years. And the one that was eight years old finally broke and the other one is not gonna break anytime soon. So it's worth the money if you're gonna get a set of bands. Plus if you are just getting you know, these three things, you can put out a little bit of money for those bands. Dumbbells are gonna run you, depending on where you get them, $1.50 to $2.50 a pound. If you can get them in store or get them free shipping, that's gonna save you a lot of money too. Um, places around Frederick, Maryland, or in Hagerstown, you can still get dumbbells at uh, Dick's Sporting Goods and a couple of other local shops that I know still have dumbbells. So by the time I say this though, they're probably gone. So two dumbbells, uh, a set of dumbbells, or if you wanna get one heavier and one lighter, there's a lot of stuff that you can do with that. And then a set of quality bands, and then finally a pull-up bar. And I know it sounds weird if you can't currently do pull-ups, but the problem with training at home is it's difficult to do pulling exercises if you don't have any weight. And even if you have dumbbells, you're gonna be able to do you know rows and maybe some pullovers, but you're not gonna be able to do anything where you're pulling overhead. 
and I think that pulling overhead and hanging exercises are super important for the health of your shoulders. So if you can get those bands, you can hang the bands on the pull-up bar and do lat pull-downs. Or you can hang the band from the pull-up bar, put your foot in it, and do assisted pull-ups. So pull-up bar, a set of quality bands, and two dumbbells can get you pretty far if you're going to be training solely at home. Uh, and then again, Christmas is coming. Maybe ask for some gym equipment for Christmas if you have some people who are buying gifts for you. And uh, you can always send them the links. That's an easy way to do it. Send somebody the links uh, if, if they're planning on buying you something and say, hey, would you like? Send them to the you know, Rep Fitness or Rogue Fitness websites and, uh, and have them go crazy. Oh, and then clothing. I almost forgot this. Clothing, if you were working out at home, it's getting cold now. You might be working out outside. You might be doing cardio outside. So make sure you have some cold weather gear to work out in so that you're not going to be using the it's too cold out excuse to you know, skip your workouts. Obviously, you can do a lot inside but when it comes to you know, if you're a runner or if you're a cyclist or if you're just trying to keep your cardio up. Cardio indoors is, is fine. There's plenty of circuits and stuff you can do, but nothing beats you know, that actually getting out and doing some extended aerobic work or doing some intervals or hill sprints or something like that. So get some cold weather gear so you can keep doing your cardio at home. All right, next up we have workouts. If you want to go back to episode 74, that one was what's your training plan? That was in the working out at home series. So episode 74, what's your training plan? Was all about how to adjust your program to fit what you have at home what do you have access to with your current equipment? What do you have access to with your schedule? All of that is back in that episode. I cover it in a lot more detail, but quickly just for today, looking forward into what happens if we have to work out again at home. You kind of know what it was like in the beginning of the shutdown or maybe throughout the shutdown. You didn't really know what you were doing. You're trying to make up workouts around what equipment you have, but you didn't really know what else you could do besides that. So the first thing here is be flexible with your goals and change them up a little bit if you need to when you're working out at home. You already know it's really hard to do the same thing that you were doing in the gym when you're working out at home. So now you know, don't expect to. Okay, You're going to have to change things up a little bit. Achieving maintenance at home is realistic. Trying to make you know huge gains in your strength or in your overall fitness might not be as realistic. Okay? So trying to maintain what you've got and actually coming up with the holidays transitioning to training more at home might actually help you maintain your fitness or achieve your fitness goals over the holidays better than if you're trying to stick to your normal gym schedule because people always get off schedule over the holidays and with trips or weird work schedules or time off or whatever or gym closures people end up missing workouts all the time over the holidays if you can transition to working out at home and actually make make an effort or or put it on your schedule to actually get your workouts in on the days that you're supposed to get them in over the holidays and again be flexible and you know enjoy the time with your family take time off do what you need to do but if you're trying to get workouts in it might actually be easier or better for you to focus on your home workouts over the holidays and spend a little bit less time at the gym so you can actually make sure that you get those workouts in. I would rather you do three mediocre home workouts. I would rather you do that than one to two great workouts at the gym. I know that sounds weird, but when it comes to maintaining your overall fitness, and especially if you were trying to lose weight, moving more often is better than getting a really good session in less often. 
So when it comes to designing your workouts, it depends on whether you're going to buy your equipment first, like we talked about before a minute ago with the equipment, or if you're going to maybe, maybe make a program first and then buy your equipment after that. If you're just going out and buying equipment and you're getting your dumbbells, your bands, and your pull-up bar, so say you get that equipment first, then you can go out and find programs and workouts that utilize those pieces of equipment or, hey, maybe pay a trainer <laughs> to make you a program with what you have, make you a custom program. So that's if you buy your equipment first. If you want to go program first, that might be a better option for some of you all where you find a program that you want to follow, find something that's realistic for you, realistic for your fitness level, matches your goals, matches your time, and matches your budget for what you want to buy in equipment. So get the program first and then buy the equipment that you need for that program after that. Honestly, any good foundationally sound fitness program is going to have you using you know, body weight, dumbbells, and maybe barbells. If something says that you need this special piece of equipment that only they sell, there's your, your BS alert right there because they're just trying to sell you a piece of equipment. Now you should be able to do a solid program with the weights that have been around for a long, long, long time. And so either get your equipment first and then find a program or find a program you like and then buy the equipment based off of that. But again, dumbbells, bands, pull-up bar, you're going to be able to do a lot with that. The other thing you can do over the holidays or over the possible gym shutdown is take some time to work on some different goals. Maybe work on your form with something, work on your mobility, your mobility or your flexibility. You could focus more on your cardio. You could focus on your recovery. You know, getting more sleep, spending more time doing lower intensity aerobic efforts to help your body recover better. You can learn a new skill. You could pick up a new hobby, maybe biking, maybe hiking, something like that, while it's still not super cold out. And all of this will help you realize the gym is just one way to build and express your fitness. And that it's something that can maybe... Pay, play larger roles in your overall you know, movement toolbox. So the gym can play a larger role in that in different parts of the year. I know some people that spend the entire summer just being outside, being active, and they stay out of the gym, and they're only in the gym in the colder months. Whatever works for you. And again, I know this sounds weird coming from somebody who, is, who you know, my living is helping people work out. I totally understand that to m most of everybody else listening right now, this is not your life. And so don't feel pressured if you do need to take a step back and do something a little bit different if the gyms get shut down or over the holidays to take care of you the way that you know your, your physical and mental health require. So all that to say, when it comes to your workouts, your training program, be flexible and find something that's going to fit your time, your schedule, and of course then your budget depending on what you're working with your, with your workouts and your equipment. All right, on to our final topic, let's talk food. So you probably remember in the beginning of the shutdown, first couple weeks, you couldn't get any fresh fruits or vegetables. Everyone bought up the produce in that first couple weeks span like everyone had suddenly become vegan or something. And then after that first couple weeks of the shutdown and people started realizing this was gonna be a lot longer than we thought it was going to, then they stopped buying all the produce and they started panic buying and hoarding meat and eggs and dairy and dry goods and of course toilet paper and that's whenever you started seeing bare shelves and people were really not being cool to each other and they were overbuying things just to make sure that they got their share and when they weren't really thinking about other people and then we had all the issues in the supply chain 
with getting the food to the grocery stores, and it was a mess. And I think it made a lot of people realize, it made me realize, you know, we should probably have enough on hand when it comes to healthy food so that if we need to just stay home for a while, that we'll have what we need without needing to hoard or panic buy or take more than we really need. So the first thing here is when it comes to storing food, you don't have to just think about food that's going to last for four years or two years. Okay, if, if, the shut, if another shutdown comes up and it comes up in the next you know, month or two months or whatever, or if you just need to stay home for a couple of weeks for your own personal health or the health of your family, you don't have to look for food that's going to last for a, a year. You just need to find foods that are going to last for a couple of months. So it really widens what you're able to choose from and allows you to purchase some healthier options that are going to last for a while. So let's go through these here. Let's talk produce first. Non-perishable produce is actually more prevalent than you would think. It just depends on the types of food that you're going to buy. So the best foods that are going to keep for the longest periods of time are the foods that can be stored in kind of cool temperatures. So think apples, cabbage, beets, citrus fruits, onions, root vegetables like potatoes and carrots, winter squash, those types of items are going to keep a lot better than berries and grapes and lettuce and you know mushrooms and things like that that are not going to last as long. So look for the vegetables like that that can keep for a while. Broccoli, believe it or not, actually can last a decent amount of time if you keep it in the package that it comes in in the in the grocery store broccoli and cauliflower is typically like cellophane if you get it in the packages if you just buy it yourself and you just put it in a plastic bag it's probably not going to last as long uh, unless you get it completely airtight it can still last for a while though but broccoli can actually last for weeks if you trim a little bit off of the bottom and then you place it in a little dish of water somewhere in your fridge and it's going to keep almost like fresh flowers would because broccoli is the flowering part of the plant. So as long as it has a little bit of water underneath of it, uh, up against that, that broccoli, the stalk at the bottom of it, it's going to keep for a lot longer. So that would be for fresh kind of non-perishable produce. Non-perishable, you can't see my air quotes with my fingers, but they're going to last you longer than a lot of other fresh fruits and vegetables. Now, frozen fruits and frozen vegetables are a great option, but I've been noticing that a lot of those are already out of stock when I go to the grocery store. So if you can get a, some of those, that's fine, or get some fresh you know, broccoli or whatever it is you want to get and then freeze it yourself, you can do that as well. So having frozen is great. Canned, the problem with canned is that when you can a fruit and you can a vegetable, you have to cook it at such a, such a high heat that you destroy all the vitamins in it. So it's okay as a carbohydrate source, but there's almost no nutrition to it once it's been canned. So if fresh or frozen is a better option, but there are plenty of fresh produce options for you that are going to last for a long time. Next thing, non-perishable proteins. So first thing you probably think of is canned meat, you know, canned tuna, canned salmon, sardines, canned chicken. But there's actually a lot of other options out there for you when it comes to prote proteins. First one here that's going to last you a really long time is dry beans or canned beans. I've eaten way more beans probably than in my entire life. I've eaten more in the past nine months. I've actually switched to more of a plant-based diet. I eat meat once a day. I eat meat with dinner with my family. The rest of the day, all of my protein comes from 
uh, plant sources, and I get plenty of protein. So you can do a lot with beans. You can they can pretty much become just about anything you want to in different recipes. Uh, if you don't currently love beans, you might want to learn to like them because it's a great way to, to store protein uh, for a long period of time. Uh, but if you want to stick to, to animal sources, uh, eggs are going to last a while and you can actually scramble them and freeze them. So scramble them raw, kind of beat them and put them in a freezer bag and then just freeze them and then pull them out whenever you want to actually cook with them or cook them. Uh, you could also, of course, do frozen chicken, frozen beef, frozen fish. You can buy it fresh and then freeze it yourself or buy it already frozen. Uh, but one of the things that no one bought during the first shutdown, but they could also work as a protein source, is vegan meat substitutes. And I know it sounds disgusting. You've seen like the Impossible Burger or the Beyond Meat, the meat substitutes. I currently don't eat much of those, if any of those, uh, most of my protein comes from either beans or whole grains or tofu or tempeh, something like that. But vegan meat substitutes will work in a pinch and a lot of them you can freeze so they can last you for longer. Um, and even if all of the meat goes flying off the shelves, I promise you, vegan meat substitutes will still be on the shelf because they do have the stigma of not being delicious. But you know, if you're trying to stick to your diet and you are trying to find things that are going to that are going to last or maybe things that are there if you don't have stuff stored up you really can't be picky right you can you need to get your protein in sometimes you just need to be a big kid and just just eat your protein however you need to get it uh, non-perishable fats so most of the time you would just think you know well plant oils you know you can cook with oil there's your fat well Plant oils aren't the best sources of fats. You can also do a lot with uh, nuts or nut butters because they keep for a long time. You can do seeds, uh, canned coconut milk, which is great to cook with. If you've never cooked your rice in coconut milk, it's pretty delicious. That's one of my, my wife's uh, favorites is uh, coconut rice. Uh, you can freeze avocado and put it in your smoothies. You can, of course, you know, your, your plant oils, you can pick the healthier ones like uh, extra virgin olive oil, something like that, and use that um, in flavoring your dishes, um, you know, for cooking canola oil or whatever oil is you want to use. I just remember that you don't want to be using a ton of that stuff. It does keep for a long time, but uh, you're better off getting your fats from, from other sources than just that. Uh, but, you know, that's really probably not your, your biggest problem. I think the biggest problem when it comes to having stored food up is is getting enough micronutrients, so vitamins and minerals through produce, and getting enough protein. Everybody can get enough fat. Everybody can get, get enough carbs when it comes to non-perishable goods. So uh, just to run through starches though, because this is, this is much easier here, rice, big bags of white or brown rice, quinoa, oats. The thing I would suggest buying now would maybe be some extra flour and extra yeast if you like to make bread because that all went off the shelves because, you know, I guess after you know six weeks of being stuck in the house, everybody decided to become the Pillsbury Doughboy and started making bread because you couldn't find flour or yeast anywhere. So maybe getting a little bit of that. And again, if there's you know seven packets uh, or seven of the pa packets of three packets each of yeast, you do not need 21 packets of yeast. Okay, take what you need to figure figure out. Well, how many loaves of bread do I want to eat over the the next? If I had to be inside for three weeks or four weeks. And make sure that other people have some too. If we look out for each other, it, it really makes things a lot easier. So non-perishable starches, 
just try to get things in their whole form. So, you know, whole grain rice or white rice or quinoa or steel cut oats or old fashioned oats, uh, flour, whether you want to do white or whole wheat, that's up to you. But try to stay away from the things that are already made. So, you know, pop tarts last for a long time. They're not going to be the greatest thing for you. Uh, kids cereal lasts for a long time. Super sugary, probably not great for you. Uh, you know, pasta would be another thing that lasts for a long time. Um, and that's, that would be good for you as well. Uh, you get pasta, you could get actually canned tomatoes, uh, and then your frozen, uh, meat. And there's your, there's your dinner right there. So think about things that's going to be, think about things that are going to be easier, easy for you to put together in a full meal. So I give you all these options of foods, but also remember these need to come together as an actual meal if you're prepping it for yourself or your family. So if you need something that's going to require, you know, eggs or dairy or something, remember this, that might not be the easiest thing to get. So maybe get some dry milk if you are planning on cooking something with milk because you might need to, to use dry milk instead of regular milk. Same goes for eggs. If you're going to be cooking something that requires eggs, you need to either use an egg substitute that you can freeze or go out, buy some eggs, and then whip them up and then freeze them the way that I talked about earlier. So main thing is have a couple of weeks of food that's not just going to be calories, but it's going to be good calories for you and your family. Have it set aside. Please don't panic buy. Please don't hoard. And when it comes time to actually maybe stay home and eat that way, realize you know, we have it really good in this country. We have a lot of choices. We have more calories than we need, obviously, due to just looking at the stats of obesity in America. We live in a land of plenty. So if there comes a time where you have to eat less or eat less options of things, you know what? You, you can do it because we've had it really, 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 really good. And this, this is just going to be a temporary thing that you're going to be dealing with. So let's recap here. We have this uncertainty right now because of cold and flu season coming into play with coronavirus. We have this uncertainty right now because we're looking at Europe and we're looking at the numbers over there. We're looking at the shutdowns and the gym shutdowns and we're seeing the numbers in the United States and we're thinking something might happen again. So I'm just emphasizing preparedness but not telling you to hoard or panic buy. Please don't go out there and take more than you really need. Please don't overbuy equipment, gym equipment, and jack up the price on Facebook Marketplace. That was something that was really disappointing for me to see as a coach that people were doing over the shutdown. I'm all for, you know, being an entrepreneur and finding ways to, you know, provide for you and your family, but jacking up the price four times what people should really be paying for gym equipment and taking advantage of people who are in a tough spot because they're trying to lose weight or trying to maintain their fitness and you're and you're preying on them by overcharging for gym equipment that's not cool okay so we want everyone to be safe and we also want everyone to be healthy and we do need to be thinking of other people when it comes to all of this so get what you really need and be flexible with your equipment when it comes to your programming, be flexible with what you're doing with your workouts. They might need to change over the winter. When it comes to your diet, it might need to look a little bit different if we end up in a lockdown again, or maybe you're just playing it safe and staying home more over the winter. So be flexible, be kind, and think of other people throughout all this as well. So thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate it. If you could take some time 
just a quick second and leave me a rating on whatever platform you're currently listening to this podcast on, that would be awesome. If you would like to head over to straightshottraining.com, you can join our email club. On the email club, you'll get exclusive content from my coaches. You'll get some access to some giveaways, some exclusive deals, some cool stuff that we have come up over the holidays. Uh, you can get to know my trainers a little bit better there. They're constantly putting in some cool content into the email. Uh, if you would like to work with one of those trainers, if you head to straightshottraining.com and click request a coach, you can send me an email with what you're looking for when it comes to your fitness goals. And I'll pair you up with one of my coaches that's going to work one-on-one with you, that's going to help you achieve those goals. They love seeing you succeed just as much as they love succeeding themselves when it comes to their own workouts. They are extremely dedicated to your success. That's why I love them so much. So I would love for you to check out everything we have over at straightshottraining.com. Thank you again for listening, and have a great week, everybody.